Hi guys, and welcome to episode 25 of the Nintendo Village podcast, your weekly half-hour Nintendo show. I am your host, Phil Myth, and I have two guests with me this week. I have got Mr. Gary Gray, of course. Yo, 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 yo. And back for a second week is Mr. Nathan Ellingsworth. Hi, I'm still here. <laughs> He's still here. Uh, cool show for you this week. We're obviously going to be talking all about Animal Crossing New Horizons, because... Well, two of us at least have been diving into life on the island. Uh, and we're also going to chat about some deep cuts that we'd like to see come back to Switch following the Shadow Man remaster announcement. So stay tuned for all that cool stuff. So let's just dive straight into it with Animal Crossing then this week. Nathan, how are you finding it? Oh my god, I've been having such a good time. I, uh, I picked it up on Sunday... And I'm already on my fifth day, which I don't know if you can work out, but some, some sneaky tactics have come in there. <laughs> Naughty, you've been time traveling. See, I'm refusing to time travel. I've been tempted, I'm not going to lie, but I'm refusing to do it. Mm, yeah, I just hit, I kept hitting walls of things I couldn't do. And I was like, I want a bigger house now. So <laughs> I'm going to, I think now I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. I've just gone, I've gone forward enough days that I've got the museum. Um, I've got a few more villagers so things are kind of bustling enough now that it feels like a proper living town and also man the game is just gorgeous and so much fun i can't get over how unbelievable it is to look at and yeah it's just animal crossing but it's really good it's really well designed a lot of the ui issues have been addressed or changed to uh, have been a bit a lot easier um oh man it's just it's just good it's just really wholesome and good isn't it are you enjoying it yeah, no, it's fantastic, and I totally agree. It is, it's one of the best-looking games on Switch, I think. Obviously, it's not doing anything technically impressive in, in terms of the graphics, in terms of realism or anything like that, but everything just really pops. Everything looks really beautiful, and the attention to detail, again, is like fantastic. And mm. I, I noticed today as well, um, even the the sound design is just superb. Everything from like the wind rustling in the trees to like the footsteps echoing around the museum when there's nothing in it and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's absolutely blown me away. And the, I think the thing that's really impressed me is just how m- more alive the island feels mm-hmm. through the personalities of all the villagers and stuff. So like one of my guys was chatting to me about the other villager and he just sort of like looked over at where her tent was. Yeah. when he was talking about it and stuff like that. And I popped into his house today and he was there working away on his crafting bench. And so I just like chatted to him and he gave me the DIY recipe for the thing he was working on. And it, it definitely feels much more like a, a, a world on its own. It, it does feel like when I turn my switch off, everything's still going on. Yeah. I, I noticed I've been falling in love with all the sound design, all the different, all the bugs and stuff. I've always had great noises. Um, but Today I realised that if you go into the tent when it's raining, the noise of the raindrops in the tent are incredible. And also, you can hear the difference in your footsteps in the house when you've got shoes on or when you've got socks on. Right. There's so many little touches like that that have either come from the delay or just the sheer amount of love and care they've poured into this. But man, this game is just rich with that sort of attention to detail. Yeah, and we're seeing this on, on a lot of first-party Switch games now, right? Because Breath of the Wild was the same, Super Mario Odyssey was the same, Luigi's Mansion 3 last year as well. The attention to detail and all the animations of things and that was just off the charts. Mm. Uh, Gary, now, obviously, you've been very quiet there because 
it's on its way to you, right? But you've not actually dove into life on the island as yet. Yeah, I hate games. Disgusting. <laughs> no, so basically scrolling through Twitter, you know, you're seeing people uh, on Animal Crossing and you'll see the first person say, look at this, I've got pears. Right, the second message down will be, look at this, I've got pears on my island as well. And then I started thinking, and I gave into pear pressure. I mean, peer oh, pressure. Oh, God. And I, uh, yeah, I've got a copy on the way. So. Thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Village Podcast. <laughs> we will be back next week. <laughs> so I've got a copy coming. And, uh, you know, I've been debating whether to or not. But yeah, I've gave in. And I've got one coming. And uh, strangely, I did actually play Animal Crossing this week. So uh, we could talk about the Animal Crossings. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, because I have played the 3DS one, New Leaf, uh, because I saw everybody else playing it, and I was like, right, do I really like this game as much as I think I do, while hating it simultaneously as much as I do? <laughs> and uh, the answer is yes. Uh, when I went back into the town and it was overrun by all the weeds, I was like, oh my days, and everybody's there like, oh, oh, it's you, is it, Gary? I haven't seen you for 375 months. I barely recognize your face. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know what? It's time to fly away to a little island and start again. So, yeah, I've gave in. So, yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more. But from my point of view, everybody's been enjoying it so, so much. And it's crazy because there's people doing streams for like over 12 hours of this game. And I don't know how you could possibly get that much content out of a day on Animal Crossing, which is weird to me. But this is how much people enjoy it. They just like walking around with a shovel. And picking up bugs and fish and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I kind of, I think I'm at that that time now where like there's so much crisis in the world and we've had so many action games. And I thought, you know what, uh, I need I need to chill out. I need to put my uh, loungewear on and uh, pick up Animal Crossing for 10 minutes every day. Yeah. So this is, so this is the thing. And it's something I've found has really set new horizons apart from... New Leaf. And it was interesting because some of the reviews that came out uh, ahead of launch talked about how the early part of the game was really slow. And I've not found that at all. I've found tons to do. And I played it for five or six hours, I think, on day one. And that wasn't just like running around doing nonsense. That was doing the stuff that Tom Nook had asked me to do. It was, you know, there was obviously a lot of elements of catching fish and hunting bugs and things like that. But I found so much to do, and same again on day two, uh, when I got Blathers' tent set up and I was sorting that stuff out, and I had new villagers come in, and I had to run around and craft all the furniture items to get their houses set up, and I've really found that there's there's so much to do, even though a lot of the stuff is still locked off to me, like, you know, there's still shops that I'm missing, there's still tools and things that are missing. You know, I'm, I'm nowhere near getting the, the terraforming items or anything yet. But I'm still finding plenty to do, and I'm still not finding enough time to do the stuff that I want to do in it you know, mm. because I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home, so I've still got a job to do most of the time. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the sheer amount of things to do, and, I, and I'm really, really enjoying the crafting as well. How are you finding the crafting, Nathan? Because that was for me. That was the one area that I was a little uneasy about going into it, because I'm not usually a huge fan of those kind of mechanics. I feel like there's just too much to do. Yeah. But this seems to have like struck a good balance, and I'm really enjoying doing it. I'm loving finding new recipes and trying out new things. Yeah. So when I was um, 
looking forward to the game and before it was even announced properly I was saying about how I wanted Animal Crossing to put in crafting mechanics I thought it was going to be a good use of the materials we already have you know the game already had the ore the stone the wood and the way they've implemented it does work quite well yeah the same I really enjoy getting DIY recipes from messages and bottles from villagers and it in that way I think the reason people can play this game for so long is you can put in as much time as you want and the game constantly rewards you for that like if you are still playing it the game will probably throw you a balloon or a message in a bottle or a villager will give you a DIY recipe and then suddenly you've got to go out and get some more resources I think it literally supplements you as you play and you can dip in for 10 minutes a day get your fossils and go or if you want to play for a few hours you can but I have been finding my main annoyance so far is the tools because in a like you know, in a crafting game, you've got to be getting resources, you want to be catching bugs, you want to be catching uh, fish as well. I don't want my tools to be breaking. I've already had a few times where I've gone to catch a bug, but there's been two there. I've caught one, my net's broken, and then I can't catch the other bug. Anything I see on the way back, like, it's really annoying to me. And also, they take up space in your inventory as well. So even if I wanted to make a couple of backup nets, like, it's taken up loads of room in my pockets. Um, that is a minor niggle, and to be fair, you get access to the better tools pretty quickly. And I'm going to assume later on I'm going to get some sturdier tools as well. Probably, there's always been golden tools in the games, and I imagine that will be something that doesn't break. But for the minute, it is winding me up that I've got to keep going <laughs> back and making another fishing rod or another net. Yeah, that's, I was the same, and I got those, those better tools quite early on as well. But I held off from crafting them because they used up iron ore. Like mm. You needed to use one, or iron nugget, I think it's called, in order to craft it. And they're quite rare early on, and you need a lot of them for a lot of the the sort of main progression in it. So I was holding those back, but I've got a little bit of a stockpile now, so I've started crafting some of the better tools in the hope that, yeah, I've not got to keep running back to my crafting desk to create more. Uh, on that note about golden tools... Uh, I've seen people say like hold on to your golden nuggets because you're going to need them later in the game so even though they sell for a pretty penny now I'm, I'm, it's worth keeping those back and I'll be keeping them back as well yeah. so before we move on then Gary do you have any questions for Nathan and myself now that we've played a fair bit and Nathan's jumped travelled through time only a little and seen all of it has to offer <laughs> <laughs> did you have to read 88 miles an hour <laughs> no um <laughs> So, yeah, I was going to ask about the crafting because, you see, my biggest complaint about Animal Crossing, other than, like, I, I'm not a fan of how you get money in the game, right? I, I much prefer games like The Sims where you have a job system and your character's gone for a while, comes back with money, right? Um, but the crafting system, when it was on Pocket Camp, I didn't like Pocket Camp at all, but I liked the idea of the crafting system. And so, like, that's the one thing I'm actually really excited to play is that... Um, I always felt that uh, some of the characters as well, some of the other animals in the villages were sometimes almost unnecessary. Like, they didn't really say much or didn't really do much in New Leaf. Um, I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that, but I, I, I often found that, like, text would keep coming up the same. Uh, do you think they've evolved in that, in, in um, New Horizons, or do you think it's kind of the same where they'll be like, yo, go and take this old shoe to the other character, and then they're like, oh, you know what, you can keep the old shoe. Thanks anyway. Do you know what? Do you know what? I haven't actually had any of those fetch questy bits yet. No villagers asked me to take something to another villager. I'm sure that's in there, but I'm, what, four days in and nobody's made that request of me as yet. Uh, and like I was saying earlier, 
they do seem to be more active just in the town themselves. You'll see them fishing, you'll see them watering flowers, you'll see them hunting bugs. Uh, it was interesting, not even hunting bugs actually, but I saw one in my village is just sort of like watching a butterfly and just sort of kind of like following it around. <laughs> she was just like fascinated by this butterfly. And there's loads of little touches like that that, as I was saying, just make it feel a lot more alive. Uh, I don't know, Nathan, if you can speak to the, the sort of take this to this guy thing or... Yeah, I haven't had any of those fetch quests yet, which has been nice. There has been a couple with the extra characters like Gulliver or Wisp, where if you want to get the special furniture and stuff, but um, the actual villagers, no, I haven't had any problems with that. But I also haven't seemed to come across any tasks or any sort of meetups with them yet, which I assume is going to happen later because, you know, in the other ones there was still like, oh, why didn't you come over to my house at this time? And if you did, you'd likely get a piece of furniture and stuff. Um, but I have had loads of fun little bits of dialogue with them. They still chuck me the odd DIY recipe every now and again. And it does seem to be, I doubt that there's um, separate dialogue for every single villager because there's about 400 villagers. But the, the, the localization team seems to have done a really good job of making sure that everyone feels distinct. There is a lot of dialogue options and there is a lot of different ways that villagers can speak. So you probably will never see those things overlapping. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Right, so moving on then, let's jump into a couple of news items. It's been a relatively quiet week, actually. I think between coronavirus and everyone focusing on Animal Crossing, nobody's made any big pronouncements of any kind. But uh, Super Smash Brothers director Masahiro Sakurai has written his 600th column for Famitsu Magazine this week. And he had an interesting chat with, I think it was the guy who was the editor of it. Don't hold me to that. Um, but he basically said that he's hard at work on Super Smash Brothers Fighters Pass Volume Two DLC. So this is the the new six characters that are coming to Ultimate. Uh, he also said last week that that may get pushed back and scuppered a little bit due yeah. to the coronavirus. But um, we're not going to chat about that. But what he said was was that after this is done, he's basically got a blank slate. So he's not been tied down to any any um, projects after this DLC is finished. Uh, so that's quite interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he does next. Uh, have you guys got any any hopes or dreams for what Sakurai will do? Uh, other than have a very long holiday. Yeah. Um, I kind of just want to see him have the license to make something he had with Kid Icarus again. I loved Kid Icarus Uprising, and I'd love to see a sequel or a HD remake on Switch. But Sakurai himself, if he wants to do something, will only do something if he cares about it and he loves it. And sometimes he just wants to make something new again. And I, to be honest, I'd love to see him make a Kirby game again as well. But I think his love for that series is kind of, much as he created it and it's his baby, I think his, his interest in the actual main series has dissipated over the years. Um, so I don't know, whatever the man wants to do, have a big rest. You know, you, you and your wife go on holiday and just make whatever you want to make. Yeah, I'm, I was a, a a big fan of Kid Icarus as well. Like uh, I've played all of them. Uh, love the love the franchise to bits, even though those first games are infuriating at times. Uh, <laughs> but Kid Icarus Uprising was a, honestly it was a highlight on the 3DS for me. I think it was uh, massively overlooked and uh, underrated. Uh, even though it did cause some people a lot of cramps in their fingers, it was a really, really, really good game. Made use of the 3D really well and the touchscreen as well. Uh, the best Star Fox game that exists. Uh, no, I mean Kid Icarus. <laughs> uh, but 
Sakurai, the man, the myth, the legend, he needs a break. Right, we do. He does. He needs a break. We, we all say this. He does. Uh, but I also think he needs to stretch his uh, creativity a little bit now. I think that when, uh, like, Kitty Chris was a really good example that, like, you took somebody who for the longest time has been into 2D gaming, right? Because essentially Smash Brothers is 2D. It plays like a 2D side-scroller, right? Mm. Uh, and he had this big 3D space and he did really well. And I think that uh, he needs to be let loose to do whatever he wants, as crazy as it is, make a new franchise. That's what I want to see from him. I don't want to see him doing something... You know, unless he's doshing the Giants. I don't want to see him doing another pre-existing Nintendo IP. Yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree with you as well. I think as cool as it would be to have, like, a new um, Kirikos game or a new Kirby game, I I, I want to see what new he can cook up. Mm. Like, the guy's clearly a genius, and so I'd love to see him just, like, say, just be let loose and just see what that magnificent mind can concoct. Uh Elsewhere in the news, like I say, it's been relatively quiet, but Amazon Mexico did list uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, I can't remember if it's Definitive Edition or Remastered or Deluxe or whatever the, the bit they're sticking on the end, but the, re- the remake that basically doing for Switch, they've listed it for a May release, uh, so this could signpost that that's going to be the next big first party release from Nintendo. We actually don't know anything yet. Of course, a Nintendo Direct could well be announced between the time we record this and by the time you're listening to it, in which case we may get confirmation for this, but this isn't the first time that this release has popped up. Uh, So I believe both of you guys played this originally. Nathan, are you likely to pick up the remastered version for Switch? Yeah, 100%. I loved that game. I played it to death on the Wii, and then I played it again when I got it on my Wii U years later just because I wanted to play it again. Uh, never played the 3DS one because it looked too cramped, but um, man, that game's really good. I think a lot of the battle mechanics have improved over time with Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and X, but I'm sure they're going to tighten up a lot of that stuff. And we've seen in the trailer for it originally uh, that they've already added a lot of cut content from the original game. So this is down as the definitive edition. Um, so I think they're going to use that as an excuse to, yeah, add in content they couldn't do the first time, tighten up the gameplay mechanics, maybe trim a bit of the fat in terms of some of the story or whatever, but I'm really excited to see what this game does now, and it kind of was a cult hit, obviously with the whole Operation Rainfall thing, was always going to be a limited release for these games, that's the whole reason they didn't want to localise them. So I would like to see this game now poetically turn into a main franchise for Nintendo, because... You know, Monolith have been working hard with them for years and they've churned out nothing but good stuff. So it'd be really interesting after all this time to see, like, suddenly Xenoblade is one of the big Nintendo hitters and it's deserved. Yeah, and I'm, I've uh, I've played it to completion as well. And uh, my, my relationship is a bit more rocky than Nathan's with it. Um, I got it and was so excited to play it when it came out on the Wii. And I instantly hated the battle mechanics. I did not get on with them at all. Um, and then a bit later on, I played the other game in the, uh, one of the other games in this uh, in that operation, which was uh, the last story. Uh, also hated the battle mechanics on that, but I, I played it to de- to completion. And then uh, I was RPG'd out, and I, I couldn't go back to Xenoblade. So what happened then was when it released on the Wii U, I picked it up. Um, I did get quite far. I say quite far. I was a good couple of hours in at least. And um, when it came out on the Wii U, I brought it then, uh, didn't play it straight away, um, had it sitting on the Wii U for a while, and then one day I booted it up because I was bored, and 
I carried on from the original file on the Wii because I didn't realize that it basically booted it through the Wii's operating system on the Wii U. So my initial save file was still intact. So I carried on from my original save file uh, and eventually completed it, but it still took me like another year and a half, two years to actually get around to finishing it because there's so many points in that game that like just stop you dead. And if you can't get past them, like you will retry it time and time again. And some of it is, I swear, is luck-based. Unless you really know what you're doing and grind a bit, some of it can be down to luck. And uh, I, I think that there's... I actually think that it's one of the games that deserves to be remastered the most because it's their opportunity to fix the annoying little bits of it and the like Nathan said the battle mechanics some of the controls on it aren't too good and stuff like that it's it's their opportunity to make this from in my opinion a a okay it's a good game into a really good game and I think that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and uh, the Golden Country were a, a, a really really vast improvement on the original so it would be nice seeing some of those improvements brought across um retroactively put into this and and make it just generally better but i will say that the storyline some of the voice acting is questionable i mean daddy pig from peppa pig is in it that's a fact <laughs> i'm going to throw out there but the uh overall the story is really good uh but it does take a bit of time to pan out but uh i think it's worth playing if you if you're into rpg stories because it, it does have quite a decent one yeah, I might have to go back to it. I've got it on the 3DS, uh, and it was the same as you in that I found the the battle mechanic. There's a very steep learning curve to it, I think, and it's a little bit obtuse, and especially trying to play it on the 3DS. Like you say, Nathan, it's a little bit cramped, and mm. that could be a little bit awkward. Um, but I might have to, I might jump back on my 3DS and, and give it another whirl and then decide, you know, I'll play a couple of hours and decide whether or not I want to pick it up for Switch off the back of that. So another game that's coming to Switch that was announced this week is Shadow Man, which was a bit of a cult hit on the N64 back in the day. So with that sort of random surprise announcement, it's being made by the same studio, by the way, who redid the Chirac games, which I loved on the N64. I don't know about you guys. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what other deep cuts from the N64 or the GameCube or even further back, if you want to go further back, would you like to see sort of be given a new lease of life and remastered and brought to the Switch. Gary, do you want to kick things off? Doshing the Giants. <laughs> I knew you were going to say the, that. The amount, honestly, if I, 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 if I could get an opportunity to mention Doshing the Giant, right, you know that I, I say it. <laughs> I'm still heartbroken that that game is you no longer in my collection. You just love that big yellow bastard, don't you? And the thing is, I didn't even enjoy the game. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's such a funny concept that I'll always say it. But I think in terms of N64, I don't think anybody's going to say uh, Clay Fighters 33 and a third. But what they might say is games like, uh, what's it called? Blast Corps. Blast Corps. Oh, Space, yeah. Space Station, Silicon yeah. Valley, Earthworm Jim. You know, there's some really strange games that were on the N64. Um, and I would love to see some of those weird ones come back. Uh, especially Space <laughs> Station, Silicon Valley, because that was, that was strange. That was a very strange game. Um, That's the, the only thing I can remember from that game is a promo shot in N64 magazine. And was there a polar bear in pink pants? That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah, that's all. It, <laughs> that's just the game. Just, you buy the game. There's one static image. That's it. But uh, yeah, it's the N64 is such a weird one, right? Because that time period, people only had like ten to twenty games and just played those games to death. Um, 
And so it, it's not like look, looking back on the Switch in the future, it might have like thousands of games that people might want. Um, but it's really tricky with the N64 because you didn't get a chance to play that many of them. So for me, it would probably be something like that. Like, I think I really miss Earthworm Jim, and I know they're doing a new one, but it's never going to be the same. So we may as well get a remake, a remaster of one of the older ones, right? Back when they still, I mean, they then probably aged terribly, just to add that in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, but personally, for the N64, I mean, my, my the games I would really want to see is Perfect Dark, is the uh, Star Wars game. I don't think that's really classed as a deep but cut. Yeah, I was just going to say, but they're not deep cuts. So for me, yeah, yeah let's, let's let's stick with Earthworm Jim. We'll say Earthworm Jim, right? Okay. Fair. How about you, Nate? Uh, one of the ones I had, um, which is a really weird game. I can't remember why we picked it up. Because when I was a kid, where there was a guy in our village who used to drive around with a car and in the boot, there was a load of consoles and games, and we would hire them. Hang on, where's this going? <laughs> no, we'd, 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 hire, we'd hire them for come a on, week. Come on, kiddies, come and play my games. No, it was, it was a mate of my dad's, but this guy, would just, he just had a boot full of <laughs> games, and you would hire them for however long. And um, remember seeing in there this game, and I was like, that looks really good. And it was Mischief Makers for the N64. Oh, that's oh, yeah, what I, I was going to say. That was such a great game. It was a really good game, and I remember looking at it, I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, and I loved it. I had so much fun. It's the first game Treasure ever did for Nintendo, the developers of, like, Gunstar Heroes, Sin and Punishment. Um, it's forgotten about in history, and it's probably aged terribly as well. It's probably a load of issues with it, so I'd, I'd love to see that one. Give it a bit of love, a little bit of a tidy up, and maybe fix a couple of issues, like... Man, I had, I had a blast with that when I was a kid. Are you looking for yeah, it, man. Phil? Yeah, no, it was just until I see where it was on my shelf. But yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I absolutely adored Mischief Makers. And it was such a great game as well. And especially at a time where, obviously, 3D was the thing, right? Everybody was doing 3D. Super Mario 64 had just come out and like revolutionised the industry. And yet, here was this 2D side-scroller platformer game with like a really quirky story and like a cool uh, protagonist and these weird, bizarre enemies and just some really great platforming mechanics that I don't think I've seen anything like it before or since, to be fair. And yeah, no, I, I absolutely adore that game. I can't remember how I got hold of it. It wasn't out of the back of some pedophile's <laughs> van, but it was. <laughs> I think I think I might have like borrowed him from a friend or something, and just kind of like never gave it back, or he, like he moved away or something, and so I just kind of acquired it. And um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with your mischief makers. That was that was fantastic. I'm I'm gonna have to try and think of a different pick now, aren't I? Sorry, pinch that one. We <laughs> I, I can give see, you. If we were professional, we would have liaised beforehand and figured out who was saying what. Phil's I thought it pick... was a deep enough cut. Phil's, Phil's <laughs> picking uh, the mystical ninja starring Goemon because nobody else had that except for me. Uh, yeah, I, no, I didn't have that. I either. enjoyed that game, and it's probably a terrible 3D platformer, but when you're a kid, mm. hey, terrible's fine, right? Mate, I remember in the, the 3D, <laughs> the boom, so many games that didn't need to be 3D had a 3D version and were yeah. terrible. Did you Rayman. Ray, Ray, Rayman, did you ever play Worms 3D? Yes, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was. Bad. I mean, Ho Hogs of War There's was a new Worms game coming. Hogs of War was the good Worms 3D, right? Hogs of War, yeah, that was oh, great. I never Mayle. played that. Yeah, I mean, was Rick Mail in that? Yeah, Rick Mail was the uh, voice actor in it. Yeah, we'll we'll find this. We'll we'll I'll show you after the show's finished. 
I'm gonna have to that check makes out Hogs of War. Thinking back, actually, yeah, it probably was, wasn't it? Phil, uh, you know what? I'm just for just for like a, a, another random deep cut. I'm gonna pull the conduit out of the Wii era. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, a lot, yeah. Was, a lot of pe- I think a lot of people picked this up because I was one of them as well. It was well, it was pretty much the only shooter that was on the Wii at that point. Yeah. I think. <laughs> um, but it was really cool. And it was also, the conduit was the reason I bought, see, this is how the show comes full circle. The conduit was the reason I bought Animal Crossing City Folk because that game came with the Wii Speak, which you could use for the online multiplayer on the conduit. Okay. So that was the only reason I picked up Animal Crossing on the Wii. And I, I literally think I might have booted that game up once or twice and just kind of never went back to it. Nathan, no, did It wasn't until the Wii New Leaf Speak? that I really got pulled into that series. No nah, mate, it was it was boring. I didn't like that game. I played it. Give me, give me. <laughs> if you if you're gonna do Wii shooters, give me Red Steel One and Two. <sighs> oh yeah, Red Steel was great, mate. Those ga- those games Steel. are fantastic. It was it, Red Steel was a bit janky, like looking back on it. But it was it was so novel at the time. Yeah, I'm sure if you picked it up now, it'd be absolutely atrocious. Probably, yeah. But that first those first couple of weeks when the Wii first came out and you're swinging the katana around and like yeah. shooting, oh, it was. It was the best thing ever. I mean, I, I would go as far as to say that the Wii Speak is much better than Nintendo's voice chat opera, uh, uh, like offerings at the minute. <laughs> and the thing is, everybody sounded like this. <laughs> I, I remember playing Monster Hunter with that thing. I brought Monster Hunter Try in a big box set. And uh, yeah. wow, that, 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 that voice chat was, uh, was something to behold. Everybody sounded <laughs> like they'd just been summoned from hell. <laughs> Do you know what? I will say this is another bonus for um, New Horizons is that it actually makes the Nintendo Switch online app useful because it's much easier to type messages on your phone to send rather than pulling up your Nook phone in the game and using the keyboard on the Switch and moving around that way. Yeah. So I'm actually finding I'm using the Nintendo Switch online app again. Yeah, I got yeah. a Bluetooth keyboard, which uh, the Joy-Cons uh, fit into, so hopefully I'll get some use out of that. What? <laughs> Snazzy. <laughs> Anyway, on that random bizarre note, I think we're going to wrap up the show. <laughs> Why Thank does everything I do it always end up bizarre? Why? <laughs> it's just who you are, Gary, but it's okay. It's why we love you. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, uh, give us a shout. Let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter, at Village Nintendo. And let us know what you're thinking of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Let us know what your v- town is called island's called whatever it is and uh you can shout at myself at phil myth on twitter you can tell gary why he's wrong animal crossing is not just an endless fetch quest you can on twitter at Flatcap gary at Flatcap gary and you can find nathan on twitter at uh, oh at nathan deloon d-e-l-u-n-e i always forget that <laughs> Uh, be sure to check out the nintendovillage.com for news, reviews, features, podcasts, and all that cool stuff. We've got a great uh, Animal Crossing and mental health feature that Nathan wrote. Uh, that's up on site at the moment. And we've got a few more Animal Crossing features headed your way over the next week or so too. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you all again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.